Hello and welcome back to this series, HRT is Good For You. I'm your host, Chloe Russell. I'm excited to announce a new guest on our series today, Dr. Neil Watson. Neil is a gynaecologist at the London PMS and Menopause Clinic, alongside Professor John Studd, who we've had on our previous episodes on topics such as PMS, hormones and bones, and the benefits of taking HRT. In today's episode, I discuss with Neil the harms women are under by not taking HRT, with emphasis on the vital organ functions like the brain, the heart, and the bones. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello. Oh, hi, Chloe. How are you? Hi, Neil. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. Can't complain. So, Neil, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you specialise in at the clinic? I'm a gynaecologist who, during my training, I started doing research with Professor Studd on the menopause and PMS. For four years, we published extensively. I also set up the initial study looking at postnatal depression and the effect of estrogen on postnatal depression. Mm. And my final thesis was in relationship to premenstrual syndrome and the effect of suppression of ovulation in treating this difficult condition. Interesting. How long have you been working at the clinic for? Well, I've been working on menopause and HRT for over 20 years. But one stage within the clinic itself, Professor Studd was unwell. And my, myself and my colleague, Michael Savas, took on the clinic. and We ran it for, for nearly a year while he was undergoing treatment. That was about mm. 10 years ago. And subsequently, in the last four years, we've been, I've been doing regular clinics at the London PMS Menopause and PMS Clinic. Excellent. So in today's episode, we are looking at the concerns Neil has with HRT. And more specifically, Neil has provided us with an interesting quote, which reads, too long we have focused on the side effects of HRT and forgotten the harm we are causing women by not treating. So Neil, let's unpack this quote. What side effects are you talking about? Is it the positive or negative side effects of HRT that we're focusing on? I think for many years, when we looked at HRT, we showed that women lived longer, had more fulfilling time, and felt significantly better on HRT compared to not being on HRT. And there were numerous studies done on this. And then along came, in 2002, the WHI study, which completely stopped HRT in its tract um, and put a very negative aspect on HRT. Now, I'm not belittling the, the, the side effects of HRT, but I think for too long we've looked at those, and there are some. I think they're relatively small in comparison to the harm that we are doing by not treating patients with HRT. Within this quote, you said too long we have been focusing on the side effects. Did you mean that as, um, as gynecologists or the public or the media, maybe? I think all of those have continued to focus on that aspect of HRT. So it stopped numerous women from having HRT when they could have benefited significantly from it. And that, I think, is a travesty. What is the issue with focusing on these side effects? Is it a case of already having ample evidence? I'm not so much that there's an issue on focusing. Side effects are very important, don't get me wrong. But I think if we focus too much on that, it stops patients going on and having HRT and therefore not benefiting from the considerable pros or the benefits they have on being on long-term HRT. What are the benefits of being on long-term HRT? I think that we can break it down into sort of three main categories. One is the benefits on the brain, 
the other is the benefits on the heart, and thirdly, the benefit on the bones and the skin and joints. So if you look at heart disease, it's very clear that HRT will have benefits in reducing heart attacks as long as it's taken at the right time. I think Mm. the WHI study caused, again, caused controversy because it showed that women had an increased risk of heart attacks with being on HRT. But these were women that had started around the age of 65. They'd already had atheroma, which is the thickening of the arteries, um, had already occurred. And then they were given an oral therapy, which thickens the blood. If you start patients at the right time, which is at 50, it stops the atheroma occurring in the first place. And therefore... What is the atheroma? is sort of fats laying down and thickening of the arteries, which lead to coronary heart disease. And and studies which have looked at women starting HRT at the right time, i.e. 50, they've shown that there's a reduction in up to 50% of heart attacks in women taking HRT. Wow. That is ignored because everyone focuses on the so-called risks and things from that point of view, which I think is very understandable because the main risk we should focus on is the risk of breast cancer with HRT. Now, that is a very, very emotional area for women, and I understand that. However, if we break down the risks of HRT with breast cancer, the WHI study, which caused all the controversy in the first place, was in women starting HRT at the age of 65. Secondly, the problem with that study was that they were using an oral product with continuous progesterone. One arm of that study continued, and those were in women who were treated with estrogen only because they'd had a hysterectomy. And interesting, they've, they've published only last the end of last year that those women actually had a significant reduction in breast cancer. Not only that, those women had their prognosis, if they were unfortunate enough to develop breast cancer, was significantly better than those women not taking HRT at the time of diagnosis. So I think some of the side effects issues have been confused because there are different products given in different ways and they each have specific side effects to the way they're administered and the duration of the hormone progesterone. So progesterone, which is one of the hormones given in HRT, for those women who have a uterus, has a negative effect on breast. And the longer you're on the progesterone, the worse it would appear to be the breast. So we Mm. encourage in patients taking HRT who have a womb that we give progesterone the shortest possible time. Or if they have had a hysterectomy, they don't need progesterone at all. And in those Mm. patients, there would appear to be a, a benefit and a reduction in breast cancer, which is the main side effect or the main thing that's pushed to dissuade women from going on HRT. Thank you for that. So can breast cancer be mitigated in the long term if you take HRT from 50? Or is, would you suggest that even earlier? I think you can start HRT in relationship to symptoms. So some women will develop symptoms, so-called perimenopausal, symptoms Mm. around the time of the menopause with changes in their hormones. And at that stage, you can start on HRT and improve the CNS effects, the brain effects, the the bones and the hearts and things from that point of view. In relationship to breast cancer, the time of starting, it would appear from studies that 
the longer that someone is producing estrogen, the slightly higher effect it has in relationship to breast cancer. So in young women who go through the menopause, so-called premature menopause, it's imperative that we continue on those until 50 and emphasize the fact that they have no greater risk of developing breast cancer than those women who have a, a natural cycle until 50. I see, that makes sense. Looking back at your quote, the end part is, we've forgotten the harm we are causing women by not treating. Can you expand on this, please? Is this meaning the risks women face if not taking HRT? Absolutely. I mean, if we look at the effect on the brain, their ability to sleep properly, Alzheimer's now, in some of the studies now, have suggested that estrogen reduces the chance of Alzheimer's. Again, I think there has been some confusion over this because it depends on what product you're using. So if you're using estrogen through the skin as percutaneous estrogen, it doesn't go through the liver and doesn't thicken the blood. So mm. one study suggested women taking oral HRT had an increased risk of Alzheimer's, but those taking it through the skin percutaneously, there was no effect. And in fact, there seems to be a slight benefit in that. When we look at the effect on heart, I've already mentioned that there's up to a 50% reduction in heart attacks in women taking HRT. And thirdly, the important aspect on bones. We know that women get develop osteoporosis much more quickly and have quite significant osteoporosis in comparative to men. Once they stop producing estrogen, that is imperative in maintaining the modelling of the bone and looking after bone quality. So they have a significant effect on osteoporosis. And we know osteoporosis is a killer. A lot of women will develop an osteoporotic fracture, be bedridden, and then will succumb because of inability to leave. And it has a significant effect on death rates. Death rates, is that just, is that generally by not taking HRT or is that specifically to do with bones? Well, in, no, in those who develop osteoporosis. So I once see. you've had an osteoporotic fracture, the chance of you dying in a shorter space of time is significantly increased because they become bedridden, develop thrombosis and other complications and things from there. So osteoporosis is a very significant killer. Wow, that's dreadful. Poor, poor women. Do you find many people come to the clinic and I suppose I'm trying to say are a lot of the patients that come to you, is it too late for them to be taking HRT if they're already in their 50s and they're having these side effects? Absolutely not. I think any woman, and I don't believe there should be a cutoff in age. I mean, we do see quite a lot of older women who've got very significantly deranged bones. And by treating them with HRT, we can prevent fractures and improve their bone density at the same time as helping their well-being. And it's interesting in, in treating this subgroup of patients, a lot of them say, oh, I went through the menopause. I didn't have any problems. I thought I was fine. And once we start them on HRT at a later stage, they'll often turn around to me and say things like, oh, my goodness, you know, I was not sleeping as well. I sleep much better than I was. I'm not so tired. And, you know, the aches and pains in my joints have disappeared. And I always thought those were related to getting older rather than from the lack of estrogen. And it's interesting, even these ones who so-called went through the menopause without a problem subsequently say, hmm, I obviously had more problems than I realized. Oh, interesting. You mentioned estrogen helps the osteoporosis. How does testosterone mitigate the bad side effects of not taking HRT? Does it have an effect? 
there's no evidence in relationship to testosterone having sort of any mitigating effects. Testosterone itself will have benefits on the bone. So all women produce testosterone during their life until they come to the menopause. Once they go through the menopause, they'll stop producing testosterone. The testosterone levels become very, very low. And the combination of estrogen testosterone is the best in relationship to remodeling of the bone. We published studies showing that the higher levels of estrogen we got, there was a significant improvement in bone density. So for many years, people said, oh, once you've got osteoporosis, you couldn't do anything about it. We demonstrated in bone biopsy studies that I were involved in that the quality of the bone improved, the trabecular, the structure of the bone, the so-called honeycomb of the bone, was significantly better after taking HRT. And in this particular study, we recruited patients from the National Osteoporosis Society who had severe osteoporosis. They'd had fractures, and these women used to come to the clinic, and I wish I'd taken before and after photographs of them because they came in they were stooped they were in pain they were withdrawn they looked really really stressed etc and they came to the clinics we started them on treatment and six months later it was transformatory they were not large numbers because we were doing bone biopsies and had to get ethics committee approval but they'd come in they'd be wearing makeup they'd be standing straighter they'd be in less pain and it was it was very dramatic that this treatment could cause such an improvement in in those. And all of those patients continued on their treatment long-term because it had made such an impact to them. Gosh, that's fantastic to see such a great improvement. And six months' time isn't isn't much time at all, really. No, I think it's because estrogen is very important in maintaining collagen. And collagen mm. is very important throughout the body. I think one of my colleagues, Mark Brinkat, published on the effect that it's not just the osteoporosis that's the problem but all the intervertebral discs which contain collagen and the collagen within the skin, this collagen within the joints, etc., which is really, really important. And those can lead to pain and discomfort. Talking about the collagen side of things, I mean, one aspect is in women's magazines and everything else like that. They've often focused on the fact that HRT is just a, a vanity product. And because women look so much better on HRT, it maintains their skin, I'll often see patients who look 10 years younger than their contemporaries because they've been on HRT long term. And Mm. they're often ridiculed for wanting HRT for vanity reasons. Personally, I don't understand it. I don't know what's wrong with wanting to look young. Secondly, I don't understand the negativity about it. I mean, we push for women to go to Selfridges and spend thousands of pounds on creams and lotions and potions to stay young. But the moment you use HRT, that's disgusting, that's terrible, that's outrageous. I, and I, I can't understand why there is so much negativity about, around HRT. And I can't see the logic in it. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, having seen the huge amounts of benefits it creates in patients, I mean, we very rarely see patients who don't go away after treatment very happy. I very rarely see patients who want to come off treatment or anything like that. So it is... As I say, a travesty that we're not treating more patients. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. It's almost controversial that people would want to seek out medicine to make them feel good. And it's interesting because it it seems like it's got all these lovely side effects that make you feel really good inside and that's going to shine through and make you look 10 years younger because you actually feel a lot more positive about yourself. 
but not only that, the fact that you're sleeping properly. So, you know, yeah. so many patients will come in and say, oh, it's the first time for such a long time I've had a proper good night's sleep. And if you're tired, you're, you're, it's going to show in all sorts of different ways. It affects so many things. Sure. In fact, that brings me to my next point. You mentioned the effects on the brain earlier on. Can you expand on that a little bit? The side effects of not taking HRT for the brain? We know women who coming up to the menopause start having problems with being able to function, the so-called brain fog. As I've said earlier, the inability to sleep properly. Finally, the also the, the whole mental well-being and the feeling of, uh, of goodness. And also, some studies have showed that estrogen is quite important in relationship to Alzheimer's as well. So there are many receptors, estrogen receptors within the brain, for it to be able to function in areas in the cognitive aspect but also in mood. We know that um, it affects dopamine, which is one of the hormones for mood. And interestingly, in relationship to mental well-being, in the study that I mentioned to you about the use of estrogen to treat postnatal depression, Mm -hmm. it was telling the psychiatrist who was very much involved in that study at the time we were doing it, turned to me and said, I've never known anyone respond so quickly to mood enhancers. So when we talk about antidepressants, they often take at least six weeks to be able to start having a positive effect on the mood and things for people who are severely depressed. But he said, you know, within a week, because we were seeing patients a week after, he said, I can tell which patients are on the placebo tablet and which are on the, the Eastern tablet because it's affected oh, really? their, their mood in a very, very rapid way, which unlike most antidepressants doesn't. So I was really struck by his comment because he was so surprised to see something that could have a beneficial on on mood in such a short space of time. That is such a short amount of time, one week. And the other aspect in relationship to brain, where we're on the topic, is in relationship to sleep. So lots of people think that patients or women who are going through the menopause are not sleeping because of the problems of hot flushes and they wake them up at night. In fact, in elaborate studies where people have been looking at sleep patterns in patients around the menopause, they've shown that women who are postmenopausal um, don't have the proper REM sleep, the deep sleep that's really necessary. So patients will often come and describe the fact that they go to bed early, they sleep all night, and they wake up in the morning exhausted. And they say, you know, I think, why did I bother to go to bed? Because I feel just as bad as I did before I went to bed, tired. And the reason for that is they're not having this proper deep REM sleep. And when we look at it, that's very estrogen dependent. So as soon as you add estrogen, they'll start having the proper REM sleep. And it's got nothing to do with the hot flushes because when we measured the hot flush by elaborate techniques called plasmography and saw when the Mm. hot flush came on, it had no correlation with this deep sleep at all. So it's a specific effect of estrogen helping sleep. And then, in, and then cognitive function, the ability, the brain fog almost disappears within weeks of staking estrogen and some placebo control studies with dummy tablets or active treatment have shown patients' ability to do cognitive things such as sudokus and other mind tests and things from that point of view is significantly improved on those taking the estrogen compared to those taking placebo treatment. 
when we talk about these sort of side effects, are they aimed at women entering their perimenopause or is it any woman that has these sort of side effects like brain fog and struggling to sleep? I mean, all of those women will benefit, some more than others, but it's the effect of this hormone. It's like alluded to thyroid disease, thyroxine from the thyroid gland. It's really important for the functioning of the body in all sorts of different ways, bowel function, the, the brain function, etc., etc. And the fact that not having it leads to significant problems in the body. And estrogen's exactly the same. It's an endocrine hormone that's really important to functioning it. And I allude to the fact that I think we'd probably be a lot further on in HRT if men had a similar occurrence. We know that men continue to produce testosterone all their life. There are problems with testosterone like increased heart attacks and other aspects, but we don't sort of try and remove testosterone for men because we know it's beneficial for many other functions within the body. And so men don't go through a menopause. If they did, I think we would be a lot more sympathetic to treating women with HRT and replacing this deficient hormone. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is true. So, Neil, in reflection, we've looked at the side effects of HRT that we do focus on in the industry and as the public and even in the media. And we've looked at the harms that women are under if they don't take HRT. We've looked at the effects on the brain, heart and bones, the essential functioning organs in the body. Is there any more comments you have on this topic that we haven't discussed? I think that probably summarises most of it. I mean, I, I think there are lots of very little effects that oestrogen will have, like thyroid, in minor changes and things from that point of view. Just the feeling of elation, the feeling of just feeling great, and sort of minor things which are often very difficult to to measure um, empirically mm. and, and in studies and things like that. But the dramatic effects it can have on some patients. I remember one of the patients who was set up her own company. It was a Fortune 500 company. She came devastated. She said, suddenly, I can't go to meetings anymore. Or if I go to the meetings, I have to disappear halfway through to go and cry in the toilets. This is totally different. I've never, ever behaved like this in my life. And as soon as she was back on estrogen, she was back in control and things from that point of view. So I think it can have quite profound effects on patients and often denied in, in, and as Professor Studd often used to describe the fact that it's a travesty that these patients are often treated with antidepressants and things when the fundamental problem is the lack of estrogen. It's amazing that we have the knowledge now to figure out these problems and really focus on fixing something as in reflection as something so small as just tweaking estrogen and people can feel so much happier. It's it's amazing what you do. I think we, we've too long ignored the benefits of this hormone and, and it is fundamentally a hormone that is so important to functioning throughout the body and I do think it's a travesty. We haven't seem to have been sidetracked totally on looking at side effects and going on about side effects time and time again. And yet here we have such an important hormone. And I think the side effects have been totally overemphasized in relationship to the balance. And that was shown back in the 80s with numerous studies that came out showing the overall benefits for women being on HRT compared to not. And it was completely sidetracked by 
the breast cancer study, the WHI study, which has subsequently been criticised on a, a number of accounts and overemphasised it. And I think the British Menopause Society alluded to the fact that a woman is much higher risk of developing breast cancer if she drinks two glasses of wine a night or <laughs> is um, significantly overweight. And yet mm. all of those are ignored. And some of the studies, you know, we go on with other treatments like statins and aspects from there. And there's some suggestion that the risks of being on statins are completely unrepresented. People don't look at it, but breast cancer, some studies have shown the risk of breast cancer is significantly higher on women taking statins compared to taking HRT. So I think we need to move on and look at the harm we're doing by not treating women with HRT. That's great. Thank you. And that's a good point to end on. Thank you very much for your time and knowledge. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode on the harms women are under by not taking HRT. If you are considering taking HRT and would like to speak to a specialist, you can contact the London PMS and Menopause Clinic, where someone will be very happy to answer your call. As always, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.